Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> and how are you this fine evening? I am so fine, I'll tell you. Really? Yep. My what? cat, now my, you know how I've been feeling like kind of feeling good about cats lately? Because I'm not a cat person. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so my neighbor lost their cat. And I actually went on to Facebook and, and did a thumbs up for feeling bad, you know? Yeah. And then they called me and they go, Diana, we were looking at their video, you know? <laughs> and they think that um, their cat got into my garage. So their son came over and sure enough, their cat's been missing all day. It's been in my garage. Oh, I feel you. terrible. Yeah. Colleen. So bad. Welcome. Hi, Colleen. How are you guys doing? Well, we're hearing how Diana stole the neighbor's cat. Oh, my. And kept it in her garage. (laughs) Well, I guess in that way, it's good that you kept uh, the cat contained so it didn't keep going somewhere. Maybe get hit. Maybe you protected it. Maybe you protected it. (laughs) True. I saved it from using one of its seven, nine lives. Yeah, there there you go. (laughs) There you go. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad the owner has their cat back now. Yes, I felt terrible. The boy came, the son came over and he's the one that loves the cat. And he said, I've always hated cats. And he loves the cat. And he loves their cat. It's a feral cat. And I just thought, oh, I feel so bad that I had, they, that poor kid's probably worried all day. But anyway. Well, Diana mentioned, you mentioned feral cats. So I have to, I have to say this. <clears throat> we spent half hour <laughs> Was it yesterday? Yeah. There's another cat that was a feral cat. And it's been hanging around at Diana's house. So Diana is all worried about this cat now Uh-oh. for when winter arrives. So we spent about half hour looking on Amazon for feral cat houses that she could put on the patio. <laughs> and I think we I had her talk down to the $89 one. And wow. come, to, come to find out that that, quote, feral cat belongs to the neighbors like two doors down so she's exactly all, all into adopting stray cats lately oh my goodness <laughs> so there must be something about this Ooh, you know <laughs> yes exactly all yeah. right or we just need like bob barker to help control the pet population right mm-hmm. yes so that he'd always say that cats neutered and spayed or whatever you do yes he would always say that to right. control the pet population he was big on animals yes yes he was hey um we are going to talk about mindfulness but colleen i had to tell you that a couple years ago i think that it was before right before it was in january before covid um our department had a big meeting and we maybe it was the year before and a guy came in and spoke to us about mindfulness and he said clear your mind and i of course i couldn't clear my mind and uh he he talked a good hour and most of us did not had never heard of the word mindfulness before and then susie you tell your story well you know i'm an english major can i just say that like again for the 30th time (laughs) i am an english major (laughs) anyway so when I, I've, I know what mindfulness is, my mom used to tell me all the time to be watchful, be careful, be mindful of what other people are feeling. Yeah. Um, and she would say, um, on my way to school, now be mindful as you cross the street, this kind of thing. So 
strictly from a wordsmith's point of view, I know what mindfulness means, but I also realize that there are many different um, definitions of this word mindfulness. She tried to look it up and- You had told you don't tell. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, she tried to look it up, but she couldn't get it a pinpoint on what it actually is so she still doesn't know oh well i think you just kind of nailed it those are great examples of being mindful a great example okay and we will let you take it from here how about right. that well I'll, I'll share a story too actually like i have like two stories at this moment thinking of back in the day i played soccer um in my early years and i had a travel ball soccer coach who would uh during practice he initiated it to train us but he would definitely have us do this before every game he would have us lay down on the on the soccer field and just say okay you imagine you have your box you have a box your eyes are closed right he's the only one talking and we're off to the side and the other team might be warming up like normal and being busy doing their soccer drills but he would take us through an imagery uh guided imagery work and mindfulness and basically think think about all the things you were thinking about on your drive here, what you're going to do later today is like going to a friend's birthday party or, um, you know, maybe you have like a, a wrinkle in your sock when you want to fix it before the game starts. So anything that you're thinking of, you know, that's distracting you from this moment. He's like, I need you to put every single thought into this box. He's going to take your key, close your box, lock your box, put it off to the side and then he'd start running through Imagine the soccer ball is coming to you. You know, you're going to trap it with your shoulder, inside of your shoulder and your chest. You're going to bring it down to your right knee. You're going to drop it to the floor and kick it with your left leg to your teammate. You know, he would kind of go through some imagery of what things could be happening. You know, you're on defense and the person's coming quickly to you. You're, you're cutting them off at the right angle so that you can take the ball away from them and then pass it to your teammate. But, you know, and I'm going through this quite fast, but he would go through this a little bit slower and kind of going through certain scenarios of things that we need to be doing or being mindful of doing when we're in the game. And then, of course, we would um, slowly get up, and he would take us through some breathing work too. And then we'd slowly get up and then get into our drills. And then it made us be really present for the moment and um, help us really focus on the soccer skills we needed to engage in. And now this was like early 90s. It might have even been late 80s. Early 90s. This guy, I think, was ahead of his time in comparison to how much we talk about mindfulness today that you're saying like at corporations or in sports, like sports psychology. Um, I, I believe this gentleman was ahead of his time. He's a great coach. Um, and so, yeah, that's... That reminds me of affirmations of when you have to experience what it is you want to become or to be or to feel. Mm-hmm. And you let that experience wash over you and in a, <clears throat> in a way that's what you were talking about how do you have to you know imagine it all happening with the ball and whatnot yes yes definitely um you know um that's one thing you just said about that was like our senses and that's a big thing about our senses is in mindfulness being being present and being in in our thoughts, in our minds, being the ability to be fully, fully present and really using our senses to kind of receive inputs from the outside world as well as going over what we're thinking and what's aware that's going on in our head, right? Because we have in the present, we have all the external forces that are coming in in conjunction with all the things that are going on inside our head that may be um, affecting us or maybe even 
they could be affecting us, but we're so distracted that we're not even able to process those inputs very well because of all the distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, mindfulness and mindfulness training would inquire, we require us to have a, a present state of mind where we're really kind of honing in on our thoughts and our emotions and then using our sex senses to collect data um, and, and being able to train ourselves to actually um, pay attention to those things. Mm-hmm. I think one, you know, I'm sure you guys know, can you guys think of some distractions that probably keep us from that right now? Gosh. Right this minute, you mean? That are... just in general in our society. Like, yeah, our society, what things that are going on that are, can distract us from being mindful. Well, the news. Yeah. Anything you... and everything on the news. Yeah. I'd say social media is another one, right? You're always like, yeah, oh. you, know, you can be, especially if your if your phone ha- has the dinger on, right? When your notification bell type thing, like that's why I always have mine off. But it's there's so many distractions that are coming our way. Um, in you the know, constant- a, a year ago, I didn't like Instagram because I couldn't figure it out. I still mm-hmm. haven't figured it out, and, but I I found this little thing you can get this feed and see all these little 10 second, 20 second videos, and I at night I can't stop and I'll put it down and tell myself, okay, leave it alone. And, and 10 minutes later, I'll pick it back up. And it's really bothering me that I feel like I'm addicted to it. So we've got to stop. Yes. I think you are addicted to it. I am. But that's good that you're being mindful of the fact that you need to step away and it's becoming more of a conquering over you versus something that you could enjoy like sporadically or whatnot. Right. Right. Because I don't need it. Correct. I don't. Exactly. We functioned very well and potentially even better prior to a lot of the technology. There's some great things about technology, but um, some of the aspects of the social media or whatnot, the gaming um, is really taking us away from being present. Um, but Di- Diana, before you quit Instagram, I sent you the cutest picture of a little dog today. Just, <laughs> just it's a little video. Yes, you did. I've got it. I've got okay. it. Okay. 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 Or, or even just like in very, you know, small doses, right? Allowing yourself those yes. moments of time versus hours of time, yeah. which somehow they easily go by, right? It's amazing how time can just fly with we're on uh, social media. Oh, my battery will go dead. I have it. I have it almost fully charged the whole day, and four o'clock, I'm off work and figure out what I'm going to do for the evening, and then I sit down do Instagram and the battery's dead. It's an, it's a newer phone. So it's not the battery. <laughs> Say it that way. It might've been the user then. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe, perhaps. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, some other things to think about with um, the mindfulness, we're talking about paying attention, not being distracted and really setting aside that time. It could be first thing in the morning. It could be, um, say you have a business event, like a business uh, where you had to go talk, you know, in front of a group, a presentation. It could be for a big game, like we we're just talking about a sporting event um, or just, um, you know, your kids are going to come home from school and you, the door's going to open. They're going to become flying in and you're in the middle of doing something, knowing that you maybe five minutes before, you know, they're coming in or five minutes before the, the presentation or, you know, five minutes before the big game, you're stepping aside and, and it could be, of course, be more than five minutes, but you're stepping aside on purpose to get in the present and um, allowing yourself to 
uh, collect your thoughts, bring in your, you know, really listen to your senses, the sense of smell, the sense of uh, touch or sensation, sense of hearing, seeing, um, maybe even taste. Like if you're at, I don't know, a carnival and there's cotton candy in the air, whatever it might be, you know, so using your senses to uh, bring in inputs and allow yourself to just kind of think through the things you're thinking and really being in the present um, and not necessarily judging, not judging your thoughts and what's coming in or what you're feeling, not judging it, just kind of taking it in. Um, and just also asking yourself, is this true or is this real? Because um, sometimes in that way, not necessarily the senses of our touch or hearing in that way, but this, the, what's going on in our heads. Because sometimes we can find ourselves telling ourselves things that are lies. Like, we'll explain that a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So uh, my son came downstairs and he's like, mom, I'm scared. And I go, well, hon, why, why, honey, why are you scared? And he's like, well, I'm afraid that um, a bad guy's going to come and get me. And I go, well, honey, I go, the door's locked and mom and dad are home. And, uh, you know, you turn on the light if you need to for a little bit, but you really need to go lay down. You're okay. So how I tell him that's a lie, you know, that's a lie that's happening. And I understand, you know, we need to like a little crack the door or whatnot, a little bit of a light. But I reassure him, like, you're, you know, you're nine years old. How many days is that, right? So it's nine times 365. And so far, out of all those days, there's no, you know, boogeyman or bad guy that has come in through this house to to hurt you. Um, and so he has a little bit of that sense of fear of being in the dark or whatnot. But trying to help him understand that thought, recognize the thoughts there, and that we have safeguards in place to counter counteract that fear and also know from previous history out of you know 365 times not times nine days none of that has happened so like go on like the likelihood ratio or odds ratio my odds are on the fact that there's no bad guy there a boogeyman that's about to come get him so helping him go through the thoughts in his head and asking himself okay if i had that thought it's an honest thought we've all had thoughts like that and now we ask ourselves is that true um that can be helpful in an, an, analyzing um, that internal voice inside us. Okay. Now, I guess one thing that we could think about is the person that's actually had that happen, right? Now, not everyone has had a negative experience, but maybe some people have had like a home invasion and then they have to work through that, right? So that's a lot more training to do and maybe where you would actually seek professional help to help you get through that. That would be a whole different scenario, but I would hope, or I guess I would like to believe that the vast majority of us have not had a home invasion. And that way we could say that thought in my head is, um, you know, it's false. There's no bad guy or boogeyman coming in to get me. Um, but again, just to be sensitive towards people that have had that experience, um, that's something definitely we need more training and work on alone as just working through your own thoughts, as well as seeking possibly some professional help to get you through that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess another thing to think about with our thoughts that are inside us, like, um, if we're having thoughts about, uh, or having a, a judgment about a thought that's going on in our head or something that we're feeling, um, related to an object or a person, and we, we could think of, is that true? If the answer is yes, then how do I react? Like, do I go into like quick fight or flight mode or, or do I try to work on my breathing, work on collecting my thoughts and, and kind of going through your head about, how would you respond if it is true? Okay, what are my rational steps I would take to to get me through whatever I'm thinking in my head? 
And if you're thinking something else in your head, say, for example, um, let's see, say, for example, if I walk across this balance beam, I will fall and break my leg. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a gymnast. So maybe for me, that would be true. So <laughs> I don't know. And so, so if it's true, how would I react? Yes. If I say, <clears throat> okay, yes, I really believe that's true or whatnot. Maybe then you have safeguards in place. Like you have a coach next to you, maybe holding your hand, or you maybe you have a pole that you're holding onto on the side or, you know, the beams along the wall where you can practice at lower levels and work on increasing the height of the beams. So you're doing rational steps to help you succeed and, and make that fear or that thought of something bad going to be happening to make it so it's safe. And then eventually you'll say, okay, when I walk across this beam, I'm now trained up well enough so that I can say, no, when I go across that beam, I will not fall and break my leg. Um, and the same goes also, like if I say, if I have a thought across my head and I'm saying, is this true? And the answer is no, it's not true. Then how will I react? And I think one of the key things for us a lot of times is trying to focus on gaining self-control, not having that quick emotional response um, and really trying to hone in our emotions and make calm, cool, collective choices um, on answering that self-talk. Is this true? Is this thought true? Is this thought false? If so, yes or no, how do I react? And it's got to be done in an instant, you know? Correct. So that's where the training can definitely come in play. And it's, you know, safe to do those kind of things at home and then be with some friends or, or when you're in a safe environment. But honestly, that these kind of things are, we have training grounds for these, even at school when kids are young, these are things that can happen. We can train our kids to do these things when they're at school and kind of friendships so that when they get out in the community and something kind of crazy happens, say, heaven forbid, um, you know, you're driving down the road in like a car flies past you and runs right into a pole like uh, you know that actually happened to us a couple years ago um and a car was going past us and literally like crashed right into pole head first the pickup truck right into a pole and so you have to you know make a calm cool quick collective choice on what to do next right and and trying to take in the scenario and critically think quickly but safely so that everybody's involved is okay as best as possible and um yeah, so sometimes you do have to think on the drop of a dime. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, is this about just slowing your mind down so that as things come along, you can, and I don't mean slow down, you know, if someone hits the pole, you don't want to, let me think about this for five minutes. Right. But, but you want to slow down. I mean, you want to, mindfulness, you're slowing down, clearing your head, and you're learning to do this so that when things come up, you can do what you need to do. Am I missing this? No, no, you're not missing this. No. So we went into a scenario Yeah, there was like kind of like a almost immediately would be a fight or flight response for everybody. Right. When you're seeing that kind of thing happen. But this can go back down to just to when you wake up in the morning and just kind of being present with your day, your morning, not grabbing your phone and checking your email, but just really being present for the day, collecting your thoughts or in general, we could do this even a day we have nothing on the schedule, being mindful and being present. Again, you could lie down in bed or sit in your favorite chair and just kind of ideally be like quiet or soft music, ideally with no words. And you're just trying to get through thinking about what are you hearing from the external environment? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Um, you know, what are you smelling, et cetera. And then also what, what are the, what's going on with the thoughts, just kind of letting the thoughts in your head coming through and just kind of be quiet and being at peace 
and, and trying to gain more peace. And again, not judging any thoughts that are coming through, but asking yourself, uh, you know, constructive questions like, okay, that thought just went through me. Like, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. I'm telling myself I can't do that. I haven't even tried yet. Or maybe I have tried and I failed 10 times, but does that mean I still can't do it? Not necessarily. So that's where you're asking yourself, am I telling myself lies? Am I telling myself negative things that are keeping me? Oh, I think we kind of lost her a second. Truthfully. Well, you are. Sorry, we lost you for a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just saying, um, you know, going back and just thinking about asking ourselves about thoughts we have coming through our heads and asking these ourselves, are those thoughts true? Mm-hmm. And if so, yes, how do I react? And if they are not true, no, how do I react to that as well? Okay. So this is good training for in the quiet day to day. But this mm-hmm. kind of training uh, can be very helpful for us when we go and interact in the community and, and sometimes, you know, if crazy things happen or awkward things happen or difficult things happen, we're ready for those scenarios as well. Right. It's a, it's a good way to, you know, that morning meditation when you're, yes, that's assuming that anybody has time for that anymore with all these busy lives where up and at them, get the kids out the door, get us out the door to work, you know. It's just, it's, um, it's a busy time that early morning. I don't know if I, look, I've got barely enough time or, you know, I did have, you know, say my morning prayers and that, you know, that also for me, maybe, you know, I'm taking it strong, but I think that, you know, morning prayer is also a good way to start your day off mindfully. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. Yes. Renewing your mind is so important and using prayer um, to do that is excellent because the focus can, we can put things in perspective that way, right? The the perspective in that way wouldn't be so much me, me, me and my power and what I can do or what I can contribute in the way is like the focus could be on God. And, and then that also can put a lot of burden off of us because then we can know God's in control and it's not so much about, um, what uh, I need to do in a way or like how I have to control something, but um, we have a greater power and control so that it can alleviate a lot of burdens on us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to tell you a funny story. So <laughs> I moved from Southern California. Uh-huh. And I'm uh, laughing already. And I haven't <laughs> even heard the story. <laughs> okay, go. That's awesome. And, and I, and, and on my way to work, I always would do what I was thankful for. And I thought, well, put it in a prayer because just don't throw it out there to the universe, which is the same as prayer. But, you know, I, I put it in the form of a prayer and I only did what I was thankful for. And then the winners here are horrible. And I started going into work an hour earlier and, you know, it would just be snowing and it is so hard to drive in snow. You can't believe it. And so I would tell God, okay, you pretend you are in the passenger seat. I'm going to (laughs) be in the driver's seat and you are going to get me to work safely. And so, and this is no, no joke. I was not making fun. I was really frightened to go to work. I, I cannot tell you, like if I'm stopped at a stoplight and my car moves on the snow, it, it just, it takes everything out of me, you know? 
So I would make God drive with me to work every, every day. It's not like Jesus take the wheel or anything. Just I can drive. <laughs> you just have to sit there. And so then I would do my thankful force to him right there. But that's not the point of the story. Anyway, <laughs> I would get to work just fine every day. I'd go in. I was always the first person there. And everybody else would come in and they would go, that was such a horrible ride. Oh my gosh, the drive, the snow. And they'd be late and they would be upset and the whole thing. And I would be like, well, should I tell them who, who drove <laughs> with me? That's awesome. But I think it kind of calmed me down because I really, I really figured he's spiritually, he could be right there in the seat next to me, right? Yes. Anyways, yes. maybe I'm going a little bit too far, but I think it calmed oh. me down enough that I could just drive in around here. Everybody has those big old trucks and they just go flying by, just yeah. flying by. And I drive like a little old lady. So anyway, well, that is this is where me. I reassure you, you're not a little old lady, <laughs> but I drive like one. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, yeah. And everybody else had a, 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 had a bad experience that morning. You know, that would go on for like a week or two. You know? <laughs> oh my goodness. But maybe uh, did anyone ever recognize how calm you were and ask you what your secret was? Well, I would just always brag. Okay, guy, that's so bad. I take, I take the, now I realize I'm taking the credit from God. <laughs> I'm taking the credit from God and, and I'm acting like, gosh, I had no problems at all. <laughs> but I did tell a few people who had to drive really far. I just pretend God is in the front seat with me. I tell him to sit there. Oh, very so. good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So good. Hey, and it gets I better, you through, right? It gets you yeah, It does. It would get me to work. I was happy. But I realize now we better do one of these things on forgiveness, Susie, because ah, I realize. Put that one on the top of your list. Oh, yeah. well, that can heal gut tension, right? You got tension in your gut. That's I know I do. Oh, it's a good one. Yes. Forgiveness heals lots of things. It, it does, actually. It does. And life is too short, right? Life is too short to hold grudges, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, just to kind of go over, again, this mindfulness, uh, it's important to set aside time, like to have a time set aside. Maybe some people might do yoga or meditation. They might do a class for like an hour. Or sometimes there's med meditation or yoga retreats where people meditate for a weekend, right? Or you could just have that you know, two to five minutes, um, when you wake up in the morning or what, whatnot, um, you don't necessarily need like a meditation cushion or a bench or any kind of sort of a special equipment. The focus is just set aside that time. And honestly setting aside like maybe a space, a, a quiet space, um, ideally where you could just focus on being present and observing, observing the present for what it is. Um, and, um, just trying to achieve a state of calmness, right? And we talked about on the other podcasts, uh, we went over breathing and that sometimes you can incorporate breathing in with mindfulness to kind of get yourself into a calm state. Um, just focusing on paying attention and being present at the moment. Um, not judging, again, any thoughts that are coming in, but um, being straight with our thoughts. Um, and when we notice things that come through or maybe fears that come through or thoughts that come through that would be maybe on the negative side, uh, make a note of them 
uh, you can let them pass. But if they keep coming back, having that honest uh, uh, dialogue in our head in the way of, is this really a true thought? And then making sure we um, answer truthfully and then um, not overreact and then taking mindful steps of ways to help you get through those thoughts. That's all good to know. Yes. And good to be kind to ourselves too, right? It's very important to be kind to ourselves because who speaks more to us in a day than ourselves? I don't think anybody. So um, it's important to be kind to ourselves and then giving ourselves encouraging words and positive thoughts. Uh Well, and if you, if I treated you like I treat me or if I judged you like I judge me, you might not like me. <laughs> right, right. So that's a good point, really good point, right? So that means then we're being too harsh on ourselves, right? If um, we continue to have negative thoughts come through our heads, um, you're going down, down thoughts or negative thoughts or telling ourselves lies even, um, is to create a journaling, a positivity journal. Oh, and I like that. Yes, so good, so good. Um, is important in the positivity journal, you want to focus on instead of saying like, oh, you know, the sunset's beautiful or the fall leaves are changing color and they look awesome, you know, more so of a, of a point of, of you, something positive about you. Like, um, my, um, I thought, um, I thought I would to help my neighbor today. I'm going to go into the garden, pick some flowers and bring it over to my elderly neighbor or, um, I am not today. I was not as harsh. I was not harsh with my child as they were tying their shoes to get ready for school. I didn't bark at them and say, hurry up. Or I didn't go down there and just kneel down and do it for them. I, I helped calmly talk them through tying their shoes and encourage them and congratulate them on doing a good job. And I was patient with them. That's not that kind of a positive journal where you could focus on the things that you've done, the things that you've thought. Oh, today I thought, the first thing when I woke up this morning, I didn't think about picking up my phone. I thought about spending that quiet time and to just be present, you know, those kind of things in the positivity journal uh, rather than, oh, the sunset's beautiful. Now, you, of course, you could put the sunset is beautiful today. That's a positive thing for sure. But also making sure the vast majority of the positivity journal would be on things that you are thinking, things you're saying, things that you're doing that are positive. Like buying your kids' shoes with Velcro fasteners. And not laces. <laughs> Check for awesome efficiency. Right. Oh, awesome. That is so that's fun. what she meant. <laughs> my my oldest wore vans and nothing but vans. And those are slip-ons. And the the next one, Velcro baby, all the way. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> But it's, it's, in today's world, it's really good to work on um, being present, uh, especially for, you know, for our loved ones, people talking to us, making eye contact, putting down uh, what we're looking at or thinking about and really focusing in on the, the people around us. So having the time to do that with ourselves first, it allows us to have uh, healthy relationships with the people we love, whether your spouse or your children or your parents or your grandparents or friends or students or teachers, uh, coworkers, ex- bosses, et cetera. And making sure that we're mindful, we're being in the present, really giving our person uh, in front of us that full, undivided attention uh, and not uh, being distracted. So mindfulness training is a great thing to incorporate into our lives for healthy relationships. Absolutely. That's really good. Okay. Is that all you have on mindfulness for us today? I think so. Yes.
Well, I really love the whole mindfulness journal because that would be look. Um, my I have adult onset ADD. Uh huh. People laugh when I say that, but I think that's a thing. I can't hold still for the life of me. Maybe I've always been this way, but I can't stay focused on one thing without flitting from room to room and doing something else. Seems like that's a new thing for me in the past ten or so years. Um, but sitting long enough to tell my, you know, to be mindful without focusing it on something else is hard for me. Like when, if you and I were just talking on the phone, like when Diana and I talk, I also have to be on my iPad um, doing a matching game or something that keeps that other part of my brain active. Gotcha. That makes sense? It does. And I'm not sliding anything she's saying now. When she's into something really good, of course, I'll put my iPad down. (laughs) (laughs) Which reminds me, my son, Andrew, his wife there is having a baby girl. We just found out. Yeah. I don't know why I just said that. Oh, because you're Yeah. (laughs) You're adult on that ADD, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, focusing that attention is so good. Making sure we're giving that, you know present that full undivided attention is really good oh sorry i would just like about to cry but i would cry too if it was a boy so it's just you know i probably just need chocolate right (laughs) 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 although the healthy doses of dark chocolate particularly are very good for us don't say things like that around diana Seventy like percent cacao type chocolate is very good for us, healthy. And of course, it's hard to eat though. I could put it in. I could grate it into cookies. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. oh, that's awesome. Well, Colleen, I want to tell you, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Yes, for doing this You're series welcome. with us. It, we've had real positive feedback, and I know it's helped us individually yeah. and. um Gosh, hopefully we can do something with skin in the future. Yeah, so I'm happy to help, and it's been it's been a fun time. Thanks for having me on. Well, our, our pleasure, and our thanks goes to you, Diana. Anything you'd like to end with? Oh, I forgot about uh, <laughs> I forgot about unsolicited advice. So we'll we'll skip it this week. But no, uh, no, I have some. Oh, okay. I advise all of you. See what I did there. Yeah, get ready because I just saw the preview for the Hallmark Christmas movies and they look pretty good. There's only five out of the somewhat bazillion new ones that I won't be watching. So just FYI, be prepared. Okay, that's all. And 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 be mindful, you know. Definitely. Okay. Susie's mindful when she watches home. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. The one I'm really excited about has Andrew Walker in it. What am I supposed to do? It's a parody of <laughs> Three Men and a Baby, and it's awesome. Oh, It'll be cute. So fun. It's gonna be so good. And Colleen, I'm gonna make you watch it too. Oh, I'll have to. Tell you. I watch Hallmark in my day for sure. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right, ladies, thank you so much, and I hope each and every one of you out there has a wonderful day as well. Take care. Take care. Bye.
Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.